0: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This podcast is sponsored by The Coldest Water, a company at war with hot. They believe that the coldest things are the best things in life. Built for athletes and high performers, they are famous for creating the coldest water bottles to the coldest pillow to the coldest ice packs. They have even developed the coldest dog bed and dog bowl to keep your furry friends cooler during the hotter months. Get 10% off your first order by using the code CBC at coldest.com. What is up, y'all? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week, and we're going to be talking about one of your requests from over in the iTunes comments. We got a request for Batman Dark Victory, requested by ZerNR45, so we'll be doing that at the end of the show. But let's start it off with some new... Good username. Let's yeah. kick it off with some new books, starting with Flashpoint Beyond, number zero from DC Comics, written by Jeff Johns, art by Eduardo Riso. And this issue as you can probably figure out from the title. We're returning to the Flashpoint universe where Thomas Wayne finds himself stuck back in. Nothing has changed. He doesn't know why. This is kicking off the next big crossover that's going to bring things back. It's a case of a little bit of unfortunate timing since I assume it was supposed to come out and essentially be one of those sideways tie-ins to the Flash movie, uh, which now has been kicked to next year. But as is... what uh, is it's
1: bad... Put it to yeah. bed.
0: Yeah. The, the Flash movie? Don't do it anymore? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah we think we're good. Uh, like, I, once, I, I the, once the Flash, now that the Flash has entered the Speed Force um, as part of our cultural a, consciousness. A
0: cheer moment,
1: if there ever was one. 100%. I cheer Wait, every time I say it. a like, cheers moment? Like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, cheers. Cheer. Yeah, That's like Sam and Diane finally getting together. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) But what did you think about this book and returning to the Flashpoint universe in general? Pete, I know you're a huge fan of Zero Issues. Well, you know,
2: if you're going to just say all the things I'm going to say, there's no point in me (laughs) talking. It's worth it for the art alone. Go ahead, Pete. (laughs) You're a fucking
1: piece of shit. For more, let's kick it to Pete LePage,
2: Uh, our Zero (laughs) Issue Correspondent. I just went from so happy you're alive to... No, okay, all right. So I think that... (laughs) Jesus! Jesus! <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, is tough is zero issues are dumb. They're 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 just it, it's put it in a first issue so people want to buy it and make it seem like it matters. Um, I did like well, the
1: Zero is an important number. Like whenever I'm like, all yeah. right, we're gonna go in three, two, one. I always say zero, and then we go. Oh, great! That's just how I do it?
2: Yeah. Well, no one ever knows what I, I'm I don't doing. think that's a zero thing to do. I, I that's think that's why that you're a really good line producer. The fun, <laughs> the fun you're of
1: a, the not, you don't have to do that too,
2: Alex. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing all the Pete stuff, I'm doing all the Pete stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. You stay, there's yeah, no need for me to be here. Let's um, trade, by sticks. the way,
0: real quick, I gotta go give the cat a treat in a second. Oh, uh, okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> 6 p.m.
2: It's pretty um, kitty treat time. I think the <laughs> I'm Batman, I'm Batman moment was fun. Uh, but um, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, the, yeah. Otherwise, it's not <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I
0: took it. I took your. It's worth it for the art alone. You were about to way. say it, and then you pulled it back. I got you. I got it you. Is son a bitch. It is worth it.
1: vengeance. Um, I the art by Ed, Eduardo Russo is great, but this book and this book goes back to like the chalkboard uh, secret DC messages. Mm-hmm. Um, all the uh, like uh, the two. Uh, do you need to go characters. back
2: there? Is, are people like, oh man, you know, it was great. Flashpoint. Who's saying that?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. This I, feels like you like it.
0: Well, no, here's the thing is I was okay with Flashpoint when it happened, but I do think there has been a bit of nostalgia that has built for it over the years. And I will say when I got into this book, even though I was like, eh, okay, with the crossover itself getting reminded by a lot of those plot points from Flashpoint, I was like, oh yeah, that was actually a pretty good idea. So this, I will say not to jump into the middle of what you were saying, Justin, but I was very iffy going into this, first of all, because of the Flash movie tie-in or lack of tie-in, I guess, as well as the fact that I don't personally, at least at first, seem to have nostalgia for Flashpoint. But by the end of this book, I was like... I kind of dug it. Like I liked the depiction of Thomas Wayne. I thought that was good. Um, There's a very weird cliffhanger bringing back a character that most folks probably don't remember. Yeah. That's okay. But there's a lot of stuff coming to bear here that I was surprised about. And I think, Specifically for the Jeff Johns part of the DC universe, he's tying in stuff from Doomsday Clock. He's tying in stuff from Flashpoint. So this almost seems like a straight line through his work, not necessarily tying into the stuff that's happening in the rest of the DC universe.
1: Well, that's actually what I was going to say. This feels a little self-indulgent for the first like seven or eight pages because I was like, oh, this is Jeff Johns reminding us of the stuff he likes about what he's been writing as opposed to telling us the story. But I agree with you once we got into the real Thomas Wayne stuff that Thomas Wayne is Batman and Martha Wayne as Joker dichotomy. I actually really like that. No, it sort of is a, a natural no. heightening. It's of not. the Batman Joker like being this duality that needs each other. They literally do need each other because they're in a relationship and they lost their son, Bruce. Like All that stuff is fun. The Flash, the Barry Allen uh, thing that happens in the back end, I thought was good and horrifying. Like uh, By the end of this, I was like, I'm in.
0: No way. Well, and I think that's obviously it didn't work for Pete, but I do think that is the point of a zero issue is to sell you on the idea of this book, and it worked for me. So there you
1: go. You'll like it when it hits one. Yeah. Uh,
0: One out of three people liked it.
1: Two out of yeah. three.
0: Nope. <laughs> okay. Two out of three dentists agree. Check out Flashpoint <laughs> Beyond, number zero. Electra, number 100 from Marvel, the opposite of a zero, written by Anne hey! DeCenti, Declan Shalvey, Christian Russo, and Ty Templeton. Art by Syncody. Yeah.
1: No, go ahead and finish this part. Art by <laughs>
0: Syncody and Stefano Raphael, Cristia Russo, and Ty Templeton.
1: There are two zeros in this issue, so Pete. I don't know how you feel about this. This is like a double
2: zero issue. No, no, no. Because there's a one first, so it can have all the zeros okay. after the I,
1: one. I just want to say, this is listen how you sound.
2: I don't know. Like, all no, math no, it's works. okay.
1: It has a one in front of the two zeros. Like yeah. you're a crazy person.
2: You're just a crazy. <laughs> you're like these numbers. I've never not mean, said that I'm not insane.
0: Good point. <laughs> all right, right Pete. This is more, I think,
2: over the plate for you. How do you feel about this issue? I thought this was cool. I thought this was, first off, I'm a sucker for the all the covers in the back. It's fun. It kind of feels like you're going back in time and revisiting your childhood a little bit, where you're like, oh, I remember that cover. I remember when that came out. Um, so, yeah, we're getting this kind of uh, cool uh, fight with, uh, uh, you know, Elektra, uh and uh, this foe here. And uh, I-, I thought this was fun. You know, uh, two people battling out to the death and then kind of like things get amped up at the end. I thought it was a cool, uh, Electra issue, a fun villain, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of fighting. So hell yeah. Justin, what about you? What did you think about this issue?
1: This book had, um, it was very complex. There was a lot of relationship things sort of happening at the same time between Electra and Typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, the backup story um, written by Declan Shelby, um, I really liked about the the dance between Daredevil and Elektra. I thought that to me felt like a great... That's why I like these sort of anniversary issues where they can really seek... Uh, writers and artists who love these characters really like give us their short take on it. And that was my favorite part of the book.
0: I agree. I also thought the Declan Chalvis story was really good. And the stuff from Creech Gia Russo and Ty Templeton, which takes the yeah. form of comic strips, just very fun, very cute. Ty Templeton has been doing that stuff over in Carnage and Venom occasionally as well. And yeah, it's delightful. Love.
1: More of the that. Ty makes. Templeton one I thought was my favorite as well. The strips in the back.
0: A Town Called Terror, number one, from Image Comics, written by Steve Niles, art by Sisman Kudransky. This is about a guy who is dragged back to a town that's filled with monsters by his dad for unknown reasons. Um, Steve Niles, known for, like, these very catchy horror concepts. Do you think this one worked as well? Well, Uh, just silence. Complete silence. (laughs) uh,
1: This, I don't know what's happening quite yet. I mean, I liked the opening, sort of the cold open, where the guy's like, try putting my head on first next time. Um, That was cool. And I like the idea of a son dragged back, um, literally from his home, his bed, uh, to confront something. But we don't know what the horror is yet. Just that the town was sort of shitty, Um, which I think uh, many of us um, would not love to be dragged back to our hometowns.
2: Pete? Yeah, I mean, shitty uh, scary towns are are shitty. So I agree with that. Yeah, I don't. We don't really What's kind of. What's the scariest know...
1: town? What's the scariest town? Do you think?
2: Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's Scary Town. I think it is the scariest scary town. town. I think mm, you did name where, it. You
1: grew up in Scary uh, Town.
2: I did appreciate <laughs> the, the busy
1: world of Richard Scary, Holy I... <laughs> Worm, and his tiny little hat.
2: I did appreciate the uh, shots of this like cool looking uh, car. Uh, that we had in this. I thought that was great. Uh, But other than that, I didn't really understand what was happening. The shading and the art was uh, fantastic. Uh, Really kind of got this uh, kind of creepy tone across.
0: Yeah. The art is really good in this book. And I agree with you guys. We just need like a little more information here because when we got to the, well, here we are now back in this town, it's literally called terror. And it is a town where is entirely populated by monsters That's a very fun idea, but we didn't get to see any of that. So maybe issue two. I like that idea enough that I'm in to check out issue two, but it definitely feels like there it needs to get to something. On the other hand, let's talk about the Sandman universe, Nightmare Country number one from DC Comics, written by James Tynion the Fourth, art by Lissandro Estorn and Yannick Paquette. This is following a bunch of characters from the Dreaming, as well as some new horrible nightmares that James Tynion the Fourth has dreamed up. But specifically, the Corinthian, the character from the Sandman yes. books, takes center stage here. Justin, I know you're a big fan. So, what did you think about this one?
1: George I thought Jesus. this was great. I love the Corinthian as a uh, character from the Sandman universe, one of my favorites, just as, like, a nightmare-given form that has um, teeth, uh, different uh, teeth for eyes, uh, uh, three mouths. Stop, stop. Uh, It's great. It's one of those uh, images that stop. he was actually pulled from a nightmare, uh, and the character that is very suave, cool, always fashionable, ex- wearing sunglasses and just the, the mouth eyes. Um, the old so, teeth eyes. just a cool character that feels very real. Um, like to see uh, him sort of tracking down um, where people have seen him before, and then the reveal of a new character that has tongue eyes oh, is a, just another great extension. Like a job, on the, the mouth eyes concept,
2: just the job of the hut, creepy figure. This, this story was too creepy. The art is Not amazing. Uh, the the story is cool, even if I hated it. But this is just a, <laughs> a a thing that it's like uh, I, I'm gonna have nightmares about this now. I know I'm gonna Perfect. have a nightmare, and there's gonna be like a fucking smile eyes uh, with all that it's all teeth, and it's gonna freak me the fuck out. Do you
1: think it's like if we were doing this podcast and my eyes closed, and then teeth were in place of my eyes? Like if that happened right now, like and you don't, were actually don't having put that a nightmare. Th- I don't wanna Like don't want You were stop. having a nightmare. Stop Pete, trying Pete, to Pete. Wake up. Make Here come my, my teeth eyes. To teeth life. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it.
0: would you think if I licked my eyebrows right now from oh, my eyes? Oh my with his tongue eyes. With my tongue eyes. This is such a good fit for James the IV in particular. He writes characters like this so well. So putting him together on a Corinthian book. But I will say, I agree with Pete that it's almost the opposite problem of A Town Called Terror, where too much is going on <laughs> in this book. Too- <laughs> and I love all the individual pieces. But it just keeps jarringly jumping around from one thing to another. Oh. Probably like a nightmare is the idea there. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's good stuff. About. It's still hey. it's worth checking out, and it fits
2: right into the sad menu. Maybe somebody's at home thinking, "I never have nightmares. I wonder what it would be like." Well, here's your book. Check it out. Welcome to nightmare Land. What nice. um, guy is listening to the podcast? Like, oh, I never have nightmares.
1: Thanks, Pete. I'll check that out. Doesn't, just doesn't understand I a nightmare. I always wish. I always wished to
2: have a nightmare. I always wanted
1: one. <laughs>
0: Eternals number 11 from Marvel, written by Keira Gillen, art by Gu Villanova. In this issue, we are teeing up the big Judgment Day event that's coming later this summer with the Avengers coming face to face with the Eternals. There's some fun back and forth here with the teams, as neither knows exactly what the other is doing, except they also have a lot of knowledge of what the other's abilities is. I'm having a blast reading this book. What about you guys?
1: I mean, you know who's having is, a blast with this book is Kieran Gillen because the narration in this is like, uh, is it's just like loose, fun, just like, hey, hey, look at the, These guys don't know what's happening over here. Like, it's like someone heckling the comic book that you're reading <laughs> as they're telling you what's happening, which it, it's fun. And it, especially something as big as, and it's sort of like, not to borrow from a, a lot of people's takes on the movie, sort of like, Stoic and a little bit boring as the Eternals can be, uh, to have this like free wheeling narrator throughout to keep it going, I think is great. And the Thanos um, exploring the um, his ancestor, uh, Uranos, I think is his name, um, and finding his like weapon cache and all that has Urinals? the edge to make this book scary. Wait,
2: wait Thanos is uh, uh, looking how, up how his heritage. Is uh, it's called Urinal Cakes? How are you? Uh, no, yeah. this is uh, this is a gorgeous book. Uh it's uh, yeah, I mean, it says right on the cover judgment day is coming, so it's just a matter of time until it gets here, but man uh, before wow. that comes, this is the very dark tidings from Pete
1: LePage. Be <laughs> <laughs> calling judgment days coming soon.
0: <laughs> Let's move on then and talk about breakout number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Zach Kaplan, art by Wilton Santos. Now, before I get to the concept of this book, I want to walk you through my feelings about reading this book. Did you oh, go through While I was thing?
1: reading this, I thought exclusively about what you're about to say, I think.
0: Oh, okay. So I saw the title and in my head I was like, ha ha ha, it's a comic adaptation of the video game Breakout. And then I started reading it and I was like, oh, it's a bunch of teenagers. They're dealing with school shootings. And then I got to like page three or four. And there's a lot of narration like that's when the cubes came. And I was like, oh, my God, is this actually an adaptation of the game Breakout? And then it's not. At all, it's actually a different concept, but it definitely threw me for the first couple of pages. Was that also what you were thinking justin
1: uh not exactly, but that <laughs> is cool uh I agree I... we gotta we gotta hit these cubes with the tiny ball that we pilot, <laughs> i guess
2: <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I did, uh, uh, like Alex, go on an emotional roller coaster. where first I was like, what the fuck is this? By the end though, this comic really wins you over. Uh, Just, let me give you a,
0: a very basic overview of the plot, and this is spoilers because a lot of the first issue is about setting up the concept, but it takes place in this world where these giant cubes have showed up and started kidnapping kids up to about age 18 or so. Um, the people in the world have seen videos of some of the kids inside, but it is this whole metaphor about schools Shootings, in terms of they've given up on them. They've just decided this is part of life. This is how we have to live it. But there's a couple of kids who decide, you know what, we're going to do is we're going to break into these cubes, find out what's going on, and break everybody out. So it's essentially Ocean's Eleven with sort of this alien alternate universe. You don't know exactly what's going on concept. So very high concept, very fun. Justin, now I'm curious to know what you were thinking.
1: Uh well, I was—I was just going to say that I—I I really liked this book. I thought it—it—it it, um, it did catch me off guard from the. I was like, "Oh, this feels super heavy," um, out of the gate, and then by the end of it, I was like, "I love this." It just moves seamlessly from sort of the problem, the sci-fi problem, into like the, the pulling the team together and getting I, going.
2: I was really hoping though that we were going to get you know somebody like an Adam Sandler or a Kevin James to show up. And, you know, just kind of be like, hey, we used to play this game in the 80s, and we'll save the day. Yeah, I don't think it's actually based
0: on Breakout, just a mention.
1: I don't think so either. And it is funny that you were like, you know what this book needs? A little Kevin James.
0: <laughs>
2: well, I was doing a <laughs> it Pixels. It comes the boom.
1: Oh, so. uh, uh,
0: Pixels. Okay, yeah, that is the movie that I, I always think mean. of all the time. Yep. Wonder Woman number Instead 786 from DC you know, Comics, written by Becky Cluden and Michael W. Conrad and Jordy Belair. Excuse me, art by Rosie Comp and Paulina Ganachow. In this issue, we're continuing with the Trial of the Amazons. And despite the fact that the island is falling apart under them, they're just barreling ahead with this trial. They got to go forward no matter what. And on the backup story, we're following Young Wonder Woman. Um, what do you guys think about this one? I know we've been a little back and forth on Trial of the Amazons. So how do you think it's working about halfway, maybe more through? Oh, Justin, you have a. Uh... You have a point, and Pete. You also have a point. And for those of you listening on the audio podcast, they're both raising their hands. Who are you gonna pick?
2: <laughs> Who gets to go first? Yeah, come on, teacher. I can just
0: talk about it. I can uh, just no. lectu- I can lecture. <laughs>
1: Nobody wants that. <laughs>
2: Pete, go ahead. Yay! All right, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm feeling like this kind of like set up for this kind of trial. Uh, But then we kind of get this turn, which I really enjoyed creatively, where these uh, uh, Amazons who are kind of on trial then fall through the center of the kind of arena and have this different adventure. They have to go on and kind of work together in a, in a a kind of a different way. I I thought this was a cool kind of setup. and then left turn. I very much enjoy uh, where this is going and how this is kind of all unfolding of like, all right, we're going to separate these other kind of Amazons from this problem and they kind of work their way back. And hopefully when they get back, they can kind of like, help what's already going on. Uh, but also the kind of like, uh, she feel good backup story is fantastic.
1: Um, I feel like I've been a little bit uh, harsher on this book, but I feel like this issue, I was like, yes, now it feels yeah. like it's kicked off. Yeah. Um, all of the, the fighters have been moved to this other place where they are being hunted by, I am assuming a series of different um, gods, uh, which I think is great. And meanwhile, back on, on, the mascara, everyone else is trying to figure out what happened and why. Like, this feels like the promise that the book was putting out there. Uh, so I'm glad we're finally here and I love it.
2: Yeah, the underground snake lady is, uh, you know, yeah, that's
1: mascara. where you see a underground snake lady is underground. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> X-Men have 92. you ever been underground? <laughs> X-Men 92, House of XCII from Marvel, written by Steve Fox, art by Salva Espin. The concept of this book is, what if X-Men the animated series was doing the current continuity of X-Men? So they're on Krakoa, they're getting resurrected, they're walking through the whole plot with Orcus and everything.
1: This is great. I this I, I was like, what? I can't believe this is <laughs> happening. But I agree with you. I thought this was great. I thought it worked completely. It made me excited about it.
0: Really? Pete, you don't like the Krakoa
2: stuff anyway, but I'm sure you like X-Men the animated series, right? I did love you X-Men love Morph. The animated uh series. Uh this has a fun nineties vibe to it, like this uh you know, where you have 92. like who wrote it and all this kind of stuff. It has this like save by the bell logo stuff that is very nostalgic mm-hmm. and great. And it kind of like, you know, you see the Wolverine kind of straight from the animated series and that kind of stuff. It just it sucks that we're taking something I love so much in the '90s and then bringing it to the shithole that we're in today. You know yeah, what I could mean? you
0: imagine if they took stuff from the '90s and reinvented it for the modern day? That would be awful. I'm I mean, I want hits that. from no the '80s,
2: '90s, that. and today.
0: Wait, you specifically said you don't want today. You just uh, was, want the yeah, '80s. And I just 90s. was doing like a radio. Analysis. No, I know what you were yeah. doing, but
1: you. Okay. I did. Um, I did get that. Uh, what point? I. I think that this, uh, I thought you would like this more, Pete, because it, it does boil down the Kra- Krakoa stuff to get to these characters sort of in their prime, which is what you appreciate about the X-Men. Well, it's a great reveal at the end about a character that you like, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you guys are reaching hard, and I appreciate what we're trying to do here. But yeah, unfortunately, we're still at Krakoa. Okay. So
1: I guess we're just going to have to bring like Ted Lasso into the Krakoa universe. And then you'll be <laughs> no! like, yes, I love this.
0: Leave Krakoa alone. His mutant power is believing.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Wrong Earth, Fame and Fortune, number one from Ahoy Comics, written by Mark Russell, David Hyde, art by Michael Montenot, and Marco Finnegan. In this issue, we are revisiting Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man, two different Batman esque characters who live, one on a dark, gritty. 90s, 2000s style earth and the other one on a very 1960s Batman earth. But as usual, with a Mark Russell book pointing out a lot about economic inequality um, and uh, business versus the common man and unions. What do you think about this issue?
1: I thought this was awesome. This is such a great what what Mark Russell does with this book is we see both um, of these sort of the the super bright version and the sort of darker, grittier version of of the, the this, this this bruce wayne type building a stadium and like we're gonna do our best and get it done and they're like all this scumbaggery that's happening behind the scenes and you're like oh obviously like the good guy's doing the right thing but at the as you read it you're like oh they're both all doing the same things it's just we're seeing the different sides of it and it all goes wrong in the same way in both universes just making this point like the compromise exists in in our economic system in our world, and you don't it's bad people do bad things and good things, and uh there are consequences for for pursuing that and and just rushing to do something that you maybe you shouldn't be doing anyway and I thought it was just such a good, poignant book it's great Pete.
2: Cool. oh it's nice to hear what Justin says about it i mean that's awesome. <laughs>
1: Mad. I've never, ever heard you say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was really well done and well-written as well, as usual. Very satirical and good in a good package. I continue to be impressed by what Ahoy Comics is doing. Moving on to Suicide Squad Blaze, book two from DC Comics, written by Simon Spurrier, art by Aaron Campbell. This book, we're following a bunch of new criminals who have been given superpowers, but with a little caveat that they are going to die very, very soon of the superpowers. In addition, as we found out the last issue, if one of them does die, the superpowers are amped up in each of the remaining people. They're teaming up with the Suicide Squad to face this villain who, as we find out on this issue, is capable of ripping the spine out of Superman. So just to give you an idea of how dark and twisted and upsetting it gets, um this is great like i think i said this is the first issue as well but this is a black label book that is really hitting all the notes of what this nouveau vertigo should be in exactly the right way Uh, what about you guys how are you feeling about it
2: yeah this is a lot of fun uh art's really great at some parts of it though the arts it's like so dark it was kind of like hard to see i felt like it was taking away a little bit from the enjoyment of what was happening but um i think this is a fun over-the-top kind of cool black label idea and i feel like they're executing it um
1: I agree. Honestly, I feel like we've seen with the two movies, we've seen so much of the Suicide Squad in comic book form uh, over the last tie-ins and just over the last few years. Um, It's great to see the Suicide Squad sort of idea premise brought to a new level that I think really works. Uh, It's not just them running around with bombs in their heads. It's their very powers themselves are killing them. And it gives them a reason to go after each other in that their powers are amped up, like you said, Alex. So I thought it's great. I thought the art was really cool and just really taking the time in these larger pages to show wild, cool things. I think not a lot of comics take the time to just be like, this is going to be cool. It's like stunting. They're stunting in the middle of this book with just some great, great one-pagers.
0: This podcast is sponsored by The Coldest Water. Get 10% off your first order by using code CBC at coldest.com. This week's episode is sponsored by Lost Without Japan. Lost Without Japan is a podcast all about making someone's dream of a first trip to Japan come true, or making their return trip to Japan even better than the first one. If you're interested in Japanese culture, interviews about Japan, and Japanese travel recommendations, this is the podcast for you. You can check out Lost Without Japan, No Spaces, on Instagram and all major streaming platforms right now. Lost Without Japan, a bi-weekly adventure on all things Japan. Next up, Rain, number four, from Image Comics, written by yeah. David M. Boer, based on the story by Joe Hill, art by Zoe Thorogood. This is almost... Wrapping up the story of a world where rain has turned into sharp needle-like things, mostly killing everybody. We've been following this main character who's been trying to visit her girlfriend's father to tell him that her girlfriend and I believe her girlfriend's mom are dead. Um, We get a very dark reveal and a twist in this issue about that before we start to wrap up here. I know we've been loving the series, but how do you guys feel about this issue in particular? Uh, yes, Pete. Thank you for okay. raising your hand. Right.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. This is uh, one of my favorites uh, uh, from the stack this week. I really love the art. Oh, the I stack lo- podcast. Ooh, no, the nice. stack Great talk ref. that we do. The the fact the that talking. we just talk at each <laughs> no, other. Talking. Stack talking. Yeah, we're just the talking. We're stack talking? Um, yeah, I uh, I just feel like this is. I, I just love this tension of like the the rain that they're kind of dealing with and then also it makes everything else kind of in life more heightened. So like these choices that she's making to go outside and to kind of go on these adventures, it's just kind of like this extra kind of feel that they do really well. The art's unbelievable. Uh, Very cool storytelling, very cool characters. Uh, Yeah. Very impressed with this. I was worried that it would be like too scary. You know, Joe Hill, you think, Oh God, what am I getting into? But this is, Uh, it's such an enjoyable story that you don't mind the kind of terror aspect as much. And, you know, it just makes me worried about Justin a little bit because he doesn't believe in umbrellas. He just goes out in the rain and likes to fucking dance between the rain, raindrops. And, you know, (laughs) I worry about him.
1: That's really nice. But, uh, yeah, I don't like umbrellas. I believe
0: Real quick. You guys know the story about the rabbis and the witches, right? No. Uh, Witches are melted by rain, and there's a a very famous story, I believe it's um, a Yiddish story or something from Poland, about these rabbis who lure the witches out, and they say, oh, we'll dance with you. We can teach you how to dance between the raindrops. And the witches are like, that sounds great. And then they dance with them, and of course they can't. And so they get wet, and the witches die. Oh, those rabbis lied
2: to those nice witches. What the fuck? Well, the (laughs) lesson of it is that rabbis (laughs) always lie. (laughs) <laughs>
0: fucking rabbis, man. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Never believe a rabbi. They're going to oh. fucking
1: kill you. <laughs> Holy yeah,
0: shit, man.
1: Is this a Yiddish story or a yeah. witch story? <laughs> I'm not sure I, oh,
0: yeah. Oh, it's from the witch perspective. I forgot This is sponsored that. by... Uh...
1: Oh, man. Wow. Uh, great stuff. Big all rabbi the over Pete here. Pete fully taking the witch <laughs> side here. You could um... just call me
2: a big rabbi. No, I'm, you know, big rabbi. You're all team, oh, You work uh, for big rabbi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I
1: work for big rabbi. <laughs>
0: I'm on the advertising team. Did you just call me a big rabbi? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yes, I work for Big Rabbi. Don't yeah, call yeah. me um, a big rabbi. Yeah. I'm on the advertising team. Uh, if you by the way, just to mention to any listeners, if you scan the QR code that's included in this podcast, <laughs> you're gonna get a really great access to some rabbis.
1: Oh, oh nice. <laughs> that's what everybody and needs. just don't go dancing in the rain with them. Um, you're gonna, you're speak. gonna melt. Fucking Speaking of rain, number four, <laughs> um, I thought that this was such a dark turn in this, in this story, and it really felt like a, the final issue. I'm so curious what we're going to get in the next issue, maybe uh, some, a standalone story or something that pushes it into potentially more, because this book is great. 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 Superman, Son of
0: Kal-El, number 10 from DC Comics, written You're by Tom Teller, art by C.N. Tormey. In this issue, Superman is dealing with the fallout of his big fight against a sea monster with Aquaman last issue, which uh, led to Lex Luthor, who has been working with Harry Bendix, I believe is the character's name.
1: Henry, um, I believe.
0: Henry Bendix, to bring in a new race of supermen and discredit uh, Superman Superman, and Lois Lane, his mommy, work together this issue <laughs> to take down Lex Luthor. Don't Pete, undercut Don't undercut mommies and all no, the hard don't work they do. not undercut Lois
2: Lane and, you know, all the incredible work that mommies do. Oh
0: my god. To mommy their baby sunny boys. <laughs> oh my god. Pete? What is
2: happening? Come on. Pete, that's the term you <laughs> come use. On. Don't don't give me a come out. Come out. Come out. What hobbies? <laughs> oh my hey, come god. Come out. Look, Look, back Alex up
1: the truck Alex, right? uh, Alex is still your lunch. Alex is still your lunch. This
2: is an amazing book. All your stupid Puff comments aside. Puff the fluff. Hey, hey, all your stupid comments aside, this is a great <laughs> book. Uh I love to see Lex Luther taking down a peg here. That was awesome. Lois Lane being one of the greatest moms ever in this was so cool. Mommies.
1: Great Mommies. mommy. Great.
2: No, don't undercut what she's doing with the with what you're doing, okay? I, I don't appreciate it. But I just think that, like, and then they're just kind of like, oh, Batman's here. He doesn't trust anyone. It's, this is fun. This is great. Uh, it's uh, This Superman Son of Kal-El run has been an epic, epic Superman book, and uh, they're killing it. If you
1: don't like us calling Lois Lane a mommy, you, you, I'm starting to think maybe you don't like us calling you a cat daddy or a kitty daddy or a pretty <laughs> kitty daddy or any of those terms that we throw around a lot on this show.
2: It's true. I
0: don't. Wow. Okay, should we start calling wish you you'd... a cat mommy instead? <laughs>
1: oh my god. I wish you'd been able to signal your displeasure in some way, and then we could know <laughs> and not do it anymore. Again, um, this book just keeps moving. It's like it feels so like meticulously done and 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 put together in a great way. Like the lasso of truth stuff is so good in this. Oh and, my and god! The last page reveal and the arrival of Batman here is just great. Just chess moves that Tom Taylor is doing uh, with this book right now.
0: King Spawn number nine from Image Comics written by Sean Lewis, art by Thomas Natchlick. This is a battle royale in the green. As Spawn goes Mano a mano with Gaia, uh, Mother Earth or herself, and finds yeah. out some interesting information about his believed to be dead wife. Um, so big stuff going down here. Pete, you're the resident spawn fan. How'd you
2: feel about this issue? This is really just unbelievable spawn stuff. I don't uh, there. I'm having so much spawn fun with this book that, uh, it's surprising. Um, and kind of this interesting exploration of like, um, you know, what Wanda is to Al and what does that mean? You know, if he really, you know, cause, for so long um all he's wanted is to have wanda back and to kind of restart his life with uh the love of his life and how you know what that would mean but then also the fear that comes with that like what he would have to give up Uh, You know, this anger that's kind of made him King Spawn, like what that would mean for him now. Very interesting, very cool, great kind of place to put Spawn after he's been on all these crazy adventures in hell and all this stuff. I feel like this is an interesting kind of take with this and uh, such a cool book. The art's intense and over the top and great in a lot of ways, but uh, very cool. I'm having a great time with this.
1: Yeah, this is good. I mean, I love how quickly they moved uh, forward with the the sort of Kingslayer uh, story and got to got to where we are. But I think Pete sort of said it best, so I don't know why I'm even talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Batgirls number five from DC Comics, written by Becca Klonan and Michael W. Conrad, art by Jorge Corona. In this issue, as they have for the past several issues, the Batgirls are dealing with a bunch of different threats excuse me, all at the same time, crisscrossing throughout Gotham. Uh, What'd you guys think about this one, Justin?
1: Uh, I, this book is so good. It it really is carving out its own little section of the bat family. And uh, the characters are having so much fun. I'm a sucker for spoiler. Um, So uh, I love seeing her here and, the art style um, is yeah. sort of a little darker than you would expect for a book where they're just like having fun, having fun. But then by the end of it, we get into some sort of more horror E elements. So I think it all, that's why I love that it comes together in such a way at the end of this issue that I, I really think this book is great.
2: You want to talk about like poll lists or things that you look forward to in your stack, or like
1: a stack. Yeah.
2: Uh, this is been solid since the jump. Uh, this team on this, the art, the, the kind of the way these characters interact has been such a revelation for the Bat family. I'm really hoping that moving forward, DC realizes kind of what they have here and start kind of bringing this to the forefront because this is a lot of fun. This is a great adventures, really cool perspectives. The art's really kind of driving this in such a cool way. This is just solid from top to bottom.
0: Next up, Noctera, number nine, from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Tony S. Daniel. In this issue, our heroes have had to team up with Blacktop Bill. They find out some big secrets on their road to hopefully repair the world. But, of course, as usual, some bad things happen along the way. Pete, seems like you're pretty excited about this one. What was your take?
2: Yeah, this— first off art is bananas good i mean this is just unbelievable oh, i forgot to say that one it was bananas, bananas good it was yeah, bananas, yeah. Good. bananas it's really just unbelievable the character designs all these villains that we're kind of like meeting and each issue we're kind of getting like different bads and each time it's creepy in all different ways so it's really impressive the kind of reveals that we're getting along the way and then the twists and turns here they're like already teaming up with the bad guy in this and this continues to be such a fun creepy team up uh that just kind of heightens where they are and uh yeah man I'm enjoying the crap out of this
1: when it, with the book moved into the sort of the second season vibe of having this group of people and they're on the road and having blacktop bill there like i think it's the story's really moving fast now yeah. and uh it's good this uh i mean we've talked about this being a tv series or something i feel like this has like very walking dead vibes if you're not mm-hmm. reading this yet and like the walking dead
2: i would pick it up also one of one of my favorite kind of uh You know, I've always wanted to just uh, walk up on somebody who was talking shit about me and just kicking that, you know, kicking their plate right into their face and making, you know, like, it's a really fun panel. Yeah. Real fun panel there. Hmm.
1: We can make that happen.
2: Yeah. I I think that's
0: uh, an achievable goal. Naomi, season two, number two from DC Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker, art by Jamal Campbell. A little bit of a pluggy poo before we get into anything else. David F. Walker is going to be our guest on our live show next Tuesday at 7 p.m., so we'll definitely be talking to him about this. So Naomi is dealing with a bunch of stuff at the same time. We get a flashback here to when she first got her powers before jumping back to the present where she's dealing with a missing friend and some new and
2: returning threats. What do you guys feel about this issue? This has been slowly growing on I me. Mean, sorry, Justin didn't mean to jump All in I was
1: just about to say the same thing. I'm coming this around on this. This has been
2: slowly growing and like, we're kind of seeing what the kind of, what this is about, where things have been going with this. And we're finally kind of hitting a pace and a thing. in this issue that I feel like is really kind of, uh, a getting to where we want it. Uh, I feel like it had such a great ending kind of to this issue. Uh, I'm really liking the choices that are happening finally. And it feels like it's moving in on all, uh, uh kind of rolling on all the cylinders and moving in the right direction the now. So I've been, uh, this is great
1: it's like rolling on all the bananas you know yeah you know what i'm talking about <laughs> it's uh, on, uh, i agree with you
2: banana control
1: is that a banana control the uh <laughs> this is um i've always, i was down on this a little bit because it felt like it, naomi was always just like i'm new here what's happening and mm-hmm. this feels like it is moving past that a little bit and able to just have it be like in the last page reveal i thought was awesome yeah and, uh Having a character have a little bit more agency and not just be like this wide-eyed innocent, I think, is, makes for a better story.
0: Next up, fun with Little Archie and Friends special number one from Archie Comics, written by Shannon Waters, Jay Torres, and Jamie L. Rotante. Art by Aaron Hunting, Adrian Ropp, and Agnes Garbowska. In this issue, this is focusing on, as you can probably figure out from the title, adorable little chibi-style characters of the Archie Comics group. However, the main plot of the book is that Sabrina has a magical goot who she takes to visit everybody, and it takes them through a bunch of different tales. We get little riffs on the TV shows where Reggie runs a game of Griffins and Gargoyles, among Uh. other things. But this was adorable and delightful. Uh, How did you guys think?
1: How how do you guys think? Uh, I don't know. I (laughs) I don't know. All these ideas keep just appearing in my brain. Alex,
0: (laughs) help.
2: These thought pictures, what's happening? Uh, yeah, this is just adorable. Turned up to eleven here. Um, I I think it the just the little things in the back are so hysterical. The gone fishing with Reggie, talking about butts.
1: No, I'm talking about uh, talking about butt people's butts.
2: No, I'm talking about uh, the gone fishing with Reggie uh, thing. Oh, uh, I got you. The story's hysterical. at the
1: end of this. I'm looking you. for
2: a girl with a little something in the back. You know what I'm talking about? I'll buy it. Oh, bye. But I'm not talking about that. Everybody's ah. got one. Everybody's got one.
0: Yeah. That makes my choices
2: much easier. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore, but yeah, this is adorable and really fun.
1: Just try to figure out what your new catchphrase is going to be.
2: <laughs> I, I love those little
1: things in the back. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it could be on oh, God, the back of the t-shirt that. Now we're gonna <laughs> No, you don't have to do it I have
0: to do it It's gonna be a picture of Pete being like Old man And then like a butt what? Just like sticking out yeah. there Be like Wait, what was it? I love those little things in the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't tell him He won't I make love shirt.
1: those Alex is putting it oh, in well, the t-shirt God. list Because no. I'll tell you what I'm buying one of the Pete's back, back up the track <laughs> t-shirts, uh, back Available at um, t shirt our Cafe Press. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> hey, it it's is? comicbookclub.threadless.com. All right. There it is. <laughs>
1: uh, and that reminds uh,
0: me we have a bunch of Doom Patrol t shirts that I need to launch live. Uh, for anybody oh, listening wow. to the Stack Podcast, we have a new podcast called The doob Room, which is all about Doom Patrol that's available currently, all 30 oh, episodes at patreon.com slash comic book club otherwise we're going to be rolling it out once a week and there's uh two related t-shirts that
1: i'm going to launch live but uh, <laughs> just in a- serious can't yeah. wait for that yeah. uh i think this book is cute i was surprised about all the riverdale references this this feels very rooted in the riverdale archies little versions of them uh which i thought was cool and uh more griffins and gargoyles i'll play
0: Image Comics 30th Anniversary Anthology, number one from Image Comics by. <sighs> there we go. Deep breath. Jeff Johns, Andrea Muddy, Rob Lee, Declan Shelby, Clinton Coils, Wyatt Kennedy, Luana Vecchio, Wes Craig, Jason Wordy, Scotty Young, Nate Picos, Mirka Andolfo, Chiara DeFrancia, Fabio, Amelia, Brendan Fletcher, Erica Henderson, Kyle Higgins, Daniela DiNicolo, Walter Biamonte, Katia Ranalli, Becca Carey, Patrick Kinlan, Maurizio Rosenzweig, Jim Campbell, and Dean Hashbull. And Pete, uh, if you could do this one next time, I think that would be really great. Would you mind?
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll, uh, All right. The hey, next 30-year not...
0: anniversary. I got it. All image. right. Well, there's an issue number two coming, so you could probably do it then. But as Aww. you can probably figure out, this is an anthology of a bunch of current and classic image creators doing stories that either tie into the current books they're doing or don't <laughs> or yep. are very much their <laughs> own correct. thing. Um, there's a bunch of them that are going to run over the course of, I believe, 12 issues of this anthology. As usual with this sort of thing, it's going to be a mixed bag in a positive sense, I would say, because we love mixed bags here. But what did you guys think yes. about this? What jumped out at you? What did you think about this anthology? We, when we I go to the grocery store,
1: bags. I say, hey, just give me a mixed bag. I don't care <laughs> what yeah. I mean.
2: Just mix it up. Put it mix in a bag up. for me.
1: I'll take a lettuce, a handful of uh, screws, and some cracks. <laughs> and that's what I call a mixed bag. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh.
0: Uh, can I can I throw something out of here that's just Almost. because it's like my negative opinion so hopefully we can pivot to some positive opinions. Really like these creators here. I'm a big fan of a bunch of them and I think a bunch of these stories are really good. I wanted to say the think a little wilder or more iconic out of this and what I mean oh. is that like for a 30th anniversary Image Comics anthology and I believe they did something for 25 so maybe they did that sort of stuff there of like I think that's where Robert Kirkman did a Rick Grimes story, like Rick Grimes fighting space aliens or something like that. So like, that's the sort of thing I want out of this was like either, oh, this is classic image comics. I know what I'm getting here or things that are absolutely wild over the top. But instead what I felt like was we got a lot of stories that were very good. There was like, there was good art. There was good writing, but it didn't say Image Comics' thirtieth anniversary to me, Pete. You have a uh, counterpoint here.
2: Well, I just feel like you know, as far as mixed bags go, this was something that I was looking forward to. As far as a mixed bag of like, all right, this is thirty years of Image. You're going to get some. You're going to get some iconic stuff. You're going to get some stuff that's like maybe you didn't know about this or here's some. We're going to shine a light on different Image projects, different kind of Image stuff, and like. I, you know, that's exactly what you got. Some of it was kind of like, oh, this is really cool. Some of it's like, oh, I don't know about this. Or maybe I should, uh, you know, do some more research or or look into this. But I think they did a good job of being like, here's a bunch of different kind of things that we've been kind of either touched on or a part of or whatever. So uh, I thought it was as far as like, I can understand what you're saying, like maybe a little bit of like, 30 years of image, a little bit of like, maybe like, but creatively, I thought it was interesting what they were trying to do and the different ways that they were trying to do it. You know, you had the kind of meta thing of like, Oh shit, I got to do this thing. And like, it's me on a page thinking about what I'm going to draw on a page, but you know, you're going to get stuff like that with different projects. So I feel like uh, there was some really cool character stuff that we got to kind of spotlight in this and uh, spend some more time with things that we might not normally get to see. So I was kind of happy with that.
1: I feel like this this episode is aging, you, Pete. You've gotten into a gravelly voice as we've gone on, <laughs> which is becoming uh, Batman. <clears throat> um, I, as a counterpoint to what you said, Alex, I think while this doesn't celebrate all the image comics that have come before, what it does is sort of, pay off the image idea from from 30 years ago which is like let's get some creators and have them take a swing at a creator-owned idea that they like and that's what i think this is this feels like look here's a new generation of image um uh, creators that we are highlighting their new takes and there was there were a lot of things that i I liked in here uh the the jeff john story at the front i thought was cool uh, I liked um, the creators from the book Bolero that we read, we've read recently on the stack. I yeah. I really liked their, uh, their thing. Yeah. That
0: was Wyatt Kennedy and Luana Vecchio. I think they had the yes, story correct. of this guy who's really in love with a girl. They end up going to karaoke and spoiler here, but she turns out to be a horrible demon that slaughters people. I thought that one was really good as well. And just to be clear, I like the stories in here. I think there was solid art. There was solid writing. I guess I wanted something different about it, but I'm glad to hear from your guys' perspective as well.
2: Yeah, you even got some weird pervy shit in here. Like, this is right up your alley. I also really (laughs) like it. Okay, too far, Pete. I also really like giving you a compliment, man. The, the old dog story was great. I enjoyed the old that dog story.
1: was very old good. The old dog yeah. was great. The Wes Craig story, I
2: thought was really yeah, cool. There's yeah, uh, there's no next in
0: issue. It. Like, there was a teaser at the end where it was like, next issue, an ice cream man story. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's what I want. I think
1: that's they're building really, Showed up for, yeah. And I like the the Kyle Higgins story, yeah, Higgins in the um his universe. So that
0: cool. to me setting something in the Radiant Black universe, uh the character is Shift, is that the name of it? Shift. Right. Shift. Yep. Um I felt like that was something that was exactly on what I wanted out of this because Radiant Black is clearly the new Invincible and for them to put that in there, that felt like yes, this is where Image is right now and where it's going to be for at least the next 5 years if not longer. So, yeah. Uh, but worth picking up. Good stuff. Uh, Let's talk about Batman Catwoman number 11 from DC comics written by Tom King art by clay man. We are almost at the end of this story here. And some big stuff goes down in this issue, particularly with Andrea Belmont, I believe who is the phantasm as well as some other characters named Batman
2: Catwoman and the Joker. Pete, what'd you think about this one? Well, I had a question. Um, is this uh number 11 of 12 or how many are we getting out of this? Yes. Cause this correct. seems like, you know, the penultimate here. So I just wanted to, this is the penultimate issue. The, yes. Yeah. That's the right. windows and stuff. I just want to make sure I was on, on the right and track with that. You
1: must've liked this. Cause there was two ones right next to each other.
2: I did. You know what I mean? You know, it's better than one, two of them right next to each mm-hmm. other. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, First that's what off, I love about ones. Art.
0: I keep getting older and they keep being ones. All right, all right, all right.
2: Creepy, creepy fucking guy. Stop. <laughs> Cre- Anyways. Creepy about ones? Yeah, people? that's right. You make okay. ones creepy. Like, that's how creepy you are. Anyways, one the is the art- creepiest number. Oh my God. You <laughs> know. The, the art is just spectacular. Yes. uh the the just the highest level of banana achievable um and <laughs> top I feel, banana
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want you the top banana the best banana the greenest banana for your eating
2: i'm just uh love
1: green bananas.
2: Yeah, this is just like hitting an extra sweet spot of like, not only are we dealing with a bat and cat relationship, but also uh, touching on Mask of the Phantasm, which to me was one of the greatest Batman movies of all time. Um, And this is just really, really spectacular writing. Love it. I'm eating this up. Uh, Please don't end. I don't know. I can't deal with just one more issue. This is really fun.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this book and sort of how it got a little perhaps too big narratively for the story that we for some sort of started with for some people. Uh, but it feels like we're coming back to to land it, which a lot of Tom King's book uh, books do. Yeah. Uh, the art is fantastic. Um I really like the um the use of Nightwing in this with the uh, Batman of the Future, um Bat and Cat's daughter, um Helena, yeah. the, the Joker stuff was fun here and I'm just excited for where we're going to end, uh, hopefully coming back to the Bat-Cat relationship to see what it all means.
0: Last but not least, this was a request from ZurNR 45 on iTunes. As mentioned, if you'd like to request a old graphic novel, OGN, a comic book that we reviewed, but maybe we haven't talked about it in a while, anything like that, leave us a rating and a comment over on iTunes. But Batman Dark Victory from DC Comics, written by Jeff Loeb, art by Tim Sale. This is a direct sequel to Batman The Long Halloween. Pete, you are given a come on. I I was. Gesture. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. I mean, when, as soon out. as you say Tim Sale, I mean, come out. You want to talk about banana's art. I mean, this guy is the king banana. Forget you know, about Tim banana Sale. Banana man. Tim sold. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. When Eric eats a banana, he becomes banana man. I think that this is just... Uh, no idea. The, seeing Batman in Tim Sale's art, I mean, what, what do you want out of life? I mean, this is just really cool... I just love it. I love every single second of it. Uh, the ending was a little weird. Like I felt like we had like two or three endings and then it was kind of like a sad guy next to a can of gasoline, which I felt like de escalated a little bit, but, um, Grundy was great. It was great to see all these different Tim Sale takes on characters. The Catwoman, uh, Tim Sale Catwoman was unbelievable. Grundy, like it was just really cool to see these kind of iconic villains in the hands of Tim Sale. So like, wow, uh, worth it for the art. Alone, Thank I would just say, real that. quick
0: before Justin picks it up, that seeing a sad guy next to a can of gasoline is a really good metaphor for the current price
1: of gas.
0: I think oh, so. Wow. That was very precedent, oh, yeah. but nice. go ahead. Well Justin. done. Well I don't done, know if I would sir.
1: call that a metaphor if you're talking about gas, a, metaphor. As a representation a metaphor. of gas.
0: A simile <laughs> is it more of a simile? Yeah, definitely.
2: Gas, okay. gas is so expensive you burn your house down with it. Is that what the mm hmm.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. Uh I think I have a gas powered home, so i g I'm feeling the boy. Houses, <laughs> you know. I just pull, fill it up, drive it over, fill uh, it up.
0: You have one of those things from that oh, I'm
1: forgetting the name of it.
0: <laughs> the thing where um, London is a city and it crawls across the you know, Howl's
1: Moving um, Castle. Oh wow. Um, oh I'll that movie, the live action movie. Live yes, act- it's called like uh something like two words, it's like unknown objects or something like that.
0: Oh yeah, it's something yes, I'll, I'll look it up. You talk about what's it. happening Dark Victor. Uh
1: this uh this series um it like like Pete's talking about like we're talking about. The art is fantastic. It does I think suffer from a little bit of sequelitis where the story is a sequel-itis. little less a little less tied down because it's, it's reintroducing characters from the uh the earlier story and like trying to like integrate them into a new story. So it it feels like it's a little bit all over the place but it, it, it's great like you can't no one does it like uh jeff lobe and tim sale and so like it, it scratches a very particular itch that i think you just love to revisit uh anytime
0: totally agree with that real quick mortal engines is mortal the engine of the movie. Yeah. and i think the villain in it is named valentine and also the villain in mortal instruments is valentine yeah. which is very weird. What is that Not anyone? out of pro- the of this, but uh, I agree with you completely, Justin, that, and I agree with you also, Pete, that like Tim Sales' art is the true hero here in this book. Revisiting it, I honestly forgot it was this good. Like, I love Tim Sales' art anyway, but even for the first couple of pages, the different mediums that he's working in throughout are so gorgeous in this book. And like you said, though, Justin, it doesn't, It's not quite as tight of a mystery as Long Halloween. It does suffer from sequelitis, but at the same time, it's completely worth reading, and it is a worthy successor to that. It feels like, if you like Long Halloween, here's more in this take (laughs) on Batman's world. And it's also, given that the Batman is out, and as we're taping this, the Batman is going to be on HBO Max next week. All right! Yeah, this is a great thing to read because they like literally pulled panels and discussions and shots and things from this as well as Long Halloween. But like very specifically from Dark Victory, um, where you can see it on screen there. So like it's a very good prep to read this stuff as well as Haunted Night. Also, is it Catwoman in Rome, I think, is the other one that they wrote. Um, Just all of that stuff. Long Halloween is like the crowd jewel there, they're but perfect, yeah. they're all good. What were you going to say, exactly. Pete?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to circle back around. Like, you know, we have like a lot of like instances of Batman growing or trying to be better or whatever. And the kind of moment where, you know, you know, spoilers, uh, but where Robin kind of like saves Batman and kind of he has this moment of like oh man if Robin wasn't in my life I'd be in real trouble was like interesting and the way that kind of Batman talked to Commissioner Gordon of like oh you got someone new on your team like yeah you'll meet him like it was such a, a it was a well done introduction of Robin into the world you know sometimes when you see Batman and Robin people roll their eyes but like uh there was even a moment where Batman was like what are you wearing bro but like it was uh, uh, done in, in an interesting way, and it kind of in a way that kind of like makes Batman seem more human, which doesn't happen a lot. So, uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about like how great this was, and so I'm glad that we got to revisit this and kind of re- uh, re- see, it, especially before the uh, rewatching the Batman a bunch of times. Man, looking forward to that. Yeah. Great three
0: hour movie, plenty of time just to delve no into problem. that and watch it on and repeat. I-
1: I, yeah. I definitely did fall asleep when I saw it in the theater at 10 p.m., so I, it'll be great to just also not fall asleep again.
0: <laughs> Thank you for recommending that one, N R 45 Again, if you'd like to recommend something, go to the iTunes comments, leave a rating and a comment there. Happy to talk about absolutely everything. Um, I believe next week we're going to be talking about Grant Morrison's run on Justice League, maybe?
2: We, we talked know. about there was doing, like a couple, uh, and then, then we had balls. to like circle back around because Justin's yeah, whatever alive. it is
0: we'll be talking about another request next week but send in yours please and if you like support the show patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7pm to Crowdcast and YouTube come hang out we would love to chat with you about comic books also Apple podcast I yes
2: I was going to say also check out Justin's trailer great
0: apple podcast <laughs> spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at comic book live on twitter comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more until next time we'll see you at the comic book shop